for our sponsor, Dog Overboard Adamstown, the fun and healthy place for dogs. Pet Chat on your pet-friendly radio station, 2NURFM 103.7. Well, look at that. The gang from Pet Chat are here. Firstly, Cheryl Shaw, hello. Hello. It's nice to be here. Look, we missed you last week, but Danny did a great job. Yes. And you've got a special guest for us today. We are. We're going to be speaking with Emma, and she's going to be talking about keeping little pocket pets, ferrets. Okay. I'll I'll let the term little pocket pets a little nicer than... Ferrets. Ferrets. No? A little bit creepy. A little bit creepy. Oh, not creepy. Just pocket cute. pets. It's almost like, I don't know, it's like people have the little dog in the handbag. Pet. It's kind of that. Yeah. What do you, what pet, do you think, Dr. Petting Dave? Your, petting your pocket. Yeah. You, Sorry, I'm a bit croaky. You, you've made the trip in. You're not feeling 100% this week, are you? I'm recovering. Recovering. Mm. Very slowly. I'm hear. all right. My, bra- my brain still works. <laughs> well, let's sure do a lot of the talking this week on Pet Chat. If you've got a, a call for our uh, pet experts, particularly Dr. Dave, we'd love to have a nice yeah. long chat with lots, you this lots week. Lots of talking. <laughs> Cheryl, this week we've got a special guest you've lined up for us, haven't we? Yes. Are you there, Emma? Yes, I am. Oh, hello. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. I was wanting to um, just talk about the pets that you keep, ferrets. Are they easy to yeah. keep? Um, not entirely. There are a lot of things that you need to consider before um, getting a ferret. Yeah, well, what would that be? What sort of things would you need to consider? Um, so you need to consider whether you can um, actually afford them because they do have quite high vet bills um, and whether they will actually fit in with your family as well. Yep. With the vet fees, um, often you have to see the vet a little bit more with ferrets than you do, say, with cats and dogs. How often do you need to take them take them to the vet for um, a checkup and their immunisation? Um, so you do need to do a yearly vaccination for distemper um, and your um, yeah, yearly health examination. Um, and you will also need to see a ferret-knowledgeable vet is probably the best as well, just so they can check everything out and if anything pops up that's unusual for them, they can help you out with all that. Yeah, because ferrets often do um, come across some other diseases as well, similar to dogs, like the heartworm and canine distemper. So it certainly is advisable to keep um, a regular check with your veterinarian. And like you said, somebody who specialises in these pocket pets is worth seeing. Um, Do they smell? Do they have an odour? They do have a little bit of an odour. Usually it is because of they do have glands in their anus. um, And also uh, when they go to the toilet as well, um, that's quite smelly. Um, and if you do have your ferret undesexed, um, that can create a bit of a smell as well. Um, so yeah, when they, um, if you do, if they do get startled and things like that, they can release their anal glands. So that's a little bit smelly on that side. But usually, if you keep them, all, their cage all nice and clean and their litter tray empty, then they're usually not too bad. What's the best thing to keep in the litter tray for them? Um, you can use um, paper pellets, so you don't want to use the. Um, the little, you know, the little granules, those sort of things. The paper pellets you want to use because sometimes they can possibly eat them and with the paper pellets that will just pass through their system, no problem. Mm. And I, I believe that sometimes ferrets can eat things that can cause trouble, so they're quite into eating, like, plastics and things like that. Is that right? Yeah, a foam, foam is a big one. They do like to nibble on some foam. You just always have to keep check on all of their toys and all their cages and all that sort of stuff and just keep an eye on things and make sure they're not destroying anything or eating anything that they shouldn't be. Yeah, and they're carnivores, so what's the best thing to feed them? What If somebody was interested in looking at um, you know, keeping ferrets, what would you recommend that they feed? Um, so they're actually uh, the ancestors 
their natural diet would be like the small whole prey for things like rats and mice and all that sort of stuff. Um, so some people do like to mimic their natural diet. So um, at the shops you can get like the frozen rats and mice and quail. Some people like to do that. Um, some other people do like to um, make it themselves. So they'll have like mixed meats, um, organs, bones and things like that. Um, and then you've also got like a commercial diet, so like a high-grade cat food or a ferret-diet food. Okay. Now, do they bite? They do nibble a bit when they're playing, um, but at a young age you can actually um, train them a little bit um, with boundaries and things like that. So, um, yeah, you can teach them at a young age to be a lot more gentle. And how would you do that? Um, so there's a couple of ways you can do it. The way I did it with my boys was... Um, if they were biting me, I would pick them up and say no very firmly and I would move them away from me. And then if they came back um, another two times, then they would go into timeout. Okay, the timeout, yep. Are you sure you're talking about ferrets? So we're not having moved on to your kids or anything, Emma, have we there? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, certainly not. They're actually a lot smarter than you think. <laughs> Fair call. Do they live with other animals happily or they like to be just, you know, ferrets together? Uh, it kind of depends on the individual ferret. Some do get along with cats as well or, like, their dogs. Um, mine preferably like each other, not the dog. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they are happy in um, little groups of their own species. Yep. And what about um, harnessing them and taking them for a walk? Is that something that still happens or is that sort of just something I've seen on television? Um, some people do do that. Um, if you do get a harness for your ferret, you do need to make sure that it's fitted correctly and that they can't wiggle out of it. You don't want to have a little escapee yep. <laughs> if you're out on a little walk. And they in the house as well, you need to make sure that you're um, pretty ferret-proof? Ferret yes, they can squeeze through little gaps and nooks and crannies as well and you just got to be careful with things like cords as well. So you just got to get down low and have a look around and see things that they can possibly get into and um, move that all out of the way for them so they about, can't hurt themselves. Okay. What about with children? Would they be a suitable pet for a child or is it more sort of, you know, late teenager, young adult? Um, usually they're not recommended for younger children because they can be a little bit nibbly when they're playing and things like that. Um, and you do have to be careful with them um, in, like, as in dropping and things like that because they can break bones quite easily because they're quite small. Yeah, yeah. So you'd recommend them as a good pet? Yes. I love my boys. <laughs> oh, that's really nice. Well, thank you, Emma, so much for sharing that and hopefully somebody might be interested in um, the, the knowledge that you've imparted today and become a ferret owner. Not a problem. Thank you. Emma, we did see, just before you go, we did see a photo of one of yours. You kept referring to them as your boys. I love my boys. I love yeah, my boys. boys. Yeah, you've painted the tail of one of them a nice rainbow colour. So how do they feel about that? Oh, I don't think he minded at all. <laughs> <laughs> Fair call. Oh, obviously a great feral lover. Thank you for your time with us, Emma and Cheryl. We're learning lots of thing, new things about animals every week, aren't we? Yep, pocket pets, way to go. In fact, Dr Dave was over there as you were talking to Emma. He's actually looking up ferrets. He's went to buy one. No. One for the home? No? No, no, no. I'm, I'm not going to have a pet ferret. Okay. They they uh, get into every everything. Everything? Yeah. I think you've got to have your house ferret set proof. up. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Little tunnels and my uh, my bulldog would wouldn't be too happy. Yeah, I don't about think you'd be very, no, wouldn't be very happy. No. no, but I but I love ferrets. I've done a lot of work with ferrets. So um, you, so you are one of the the ferret friendly vets that um, Emma was talking about. You know, you're very knowledgeable. Oh, it's, it's been a while, but yeah, I used to do a lot of ferret work. What were some of the things that people would come in and ask to fix up on their ferrets? 
Um, we saw lots of uh, influenza, as a matter of fact. They, Is that right? They can pick up human influenza. Oh. And I remember um, a couple of ferrets in this household where the people got sick, then the ferrets got sick, and then the people got sick, and the ferrets <laughs> got sick. <laughs> the virus played ping pong. It went, with went back and forth. <laughs> um, other things, they do get uh, hormonal diseases like... Um, uh, insulinoma and they can get a condition similar to Cushing's in dogs where they get a tumour in the adrenal gland so um, they also commonly get lymphoma so cancers are pretty common disease with ferrets um, but we have good treatment protocols for them mm. yeah. Do you think you might have been treating one just recently? You've got the flu there <laughs> <laughs> I probably did. I you did Somebody that's got a drum with some barking dogs is Steve from Shortland Steve you're on with Pet Chat yeah, g'day. I was just wondering if you'd have any help for me. I've got two dogs that live over the back of my house that constantly bark. They, as soon as they hear you in the backyard, they bark. And I've, you know, myself and the other neighbour have seen the neighbours and they've virtually told us what to do with ourselves. And I've been through all the legal channels with the Community Justice Centre and the Council. Um, uh, I've even gone and bought a dog whistle to try and stop them. I've bought one of those, um, you know, those things that go off apparently and stop a dog from barking, and nothing seems to work with these dogs. And to be quite honest, they're driving me insane. I was just wondering if um, there was a... Sp oh, well, actually, I bought a spray and sprayed under the fence, and, yeah, they just won't stop. Is there yeah. any sort of thing out there that... You can uh, get a spray, and as I say, these whistles don't work, and the electronic devices don't work. And yeah, I, I, it sounds like you've you've really gone through the whole gamut of you know possible things that you can do as, as a neighbour. Um, it's disappointing that uh, you didn't get a better response from the dog owners. Um, dogs will bark for. A number of reasons and as far as the dog's concerned it's a pretty good reason so you know if there's someone in the backyard adjoining they're going to alarm and and let people know um, and probably any interaction that you have then is really not going to do anything to settle them down um, two dogs are always going to be a little bit worse because they're going to stir each other up as well yeah well one starts and then the other one starts and yeah, yeah and they um yeah, I just, well, I'm at my wit's end. I just didn't know whether there was something else out there on the market because the, the ranger came out and spoke to him and said about the citronella collars and that it's all fallen on deaf ears, you know, and yeah. I, well, um, I don't want to get in a situation because I own a dog myself and he doesn't bark. Oh, well, I've got him trained better than that. And But these people, they go to work all day and leave the dogs locked in the backyard and, yeah, yeah that's just... I just didn't know whether there was something on the market better than better than a dog whistle and a <laughs> no the the citronella collars and those sort of things they may they may help but the problem is that they they've got to be on the dog and yeah it's yeah well the owners aren't willing to do that and well I, they're not willing to do anything actually so I'm I'm just wondering given given the things you've talked about if if perhaps. Um, just talking again to council about noise complaint because um on the one hand that's you know you've you've gone through a whole series of things to try and improve the situation but on the other 
there is a responsibility on pet owners it, uh, living in suburbia that um, they can't disturb um, neighbours, particularly on a regular basis like this is occurring. And yeah, well, I um, well, as I say, I've, I've got a, a, my own dog, Doctor Dave, and he he don't, well, he's a foxy, and he doesn't bark. You know, well, if he does, I tell him to be quiet, and he just you know. Oh, he, yeah. He, 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 you know, he stops barking straight away. But I, I've been through all the avenues in the council, and my, the next option for me is to get a noise abatement order, but that's going to cost me money. <laughs> you know, I've got to pay money out of my own pocket to go to court and take a day off work and go to court and all this, and these owners are just yeah. you know, irresponsible and doing nothing. So. I guess, I, um, I guess the yeah, other... I just didn't know whether... Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, I a few... Well, actually, I'm at the point now I've seen on the internet where you can buy a CD of a dog barking for 12 hours. <laughs> so, I don't know why anybody would have one of them, but I'm at the stage now where I might just, when they're in the backyard trying to do something, play that for, <laughs> for 12 hours. But yeah, the only other thing, and, and you probably might kibosh this, but is perhaps talking to the neighbours again um, from the point of view of, you know, the the anxiety that the dogs are experiencing and um, and also their responsibility. But as you said, you've already gone down this path. So, um, you know, I, I think the options that you've talked about, that may be the only thing you're left to go with. It's uh, pretty sad when you've tried everything, yeah. isn't it? And, uh, and you don't seem to be getting anywhere. Cheryl, you don't have anything like that at your place? No, my dogs are really quiet. But you're but you're here at work, so no one would know. See, you wouldn't know. They could be causing problems at your oh, place. No, no not my they're, dogs. They're well behaved. <laughs> yeah, my dogs are trained really well. Which is good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Good afternoon, Tina from Merryweather. You've got some problems with some twin cats. Hello. Yes, I do. What's going okay. on, Tina? Yep. Okay, so one of we've got two twin cats. So they're both girls, Twinkles and Tallulah. And one of them, Tallulah, she has like hair loss, a lot of hair loss around her stomach area and her and her bottom and her up her tail. And I was just wondering, and that's not the same with the other cat, but they eat the same, they sleep in the same like bed. So I'm just wondering if there's any, I don't know if it, they eat the same. So I'm mm. just yeah. It's an unusual uh, unusual pattern of hair loss to see mm. and. I'd be thinking about excessive grooming because okay. there are areas that um, she can reach and sit and groom. So that can occur due to behavioural reasons, but it can also occur due to um, mm -hmm. skin diseases and itchy skin uh, mm -hmm. of any causes. And obviously we think about things like parasites like fleas, um, yes. But there are also mites, and um, the other thing that happens is cats can also get allergies. Mm, that's and, what we. Yeah, so it's unusual. We don't, you know, we don't recognise it a lot. Um, but in the absence of health problems, and and that might require a fairly extensive investigation, then mm. certainly there could be stress-related or behavioural reasons. To, to get that, that pattern, which is really the areas that he can reach or she, mm -hmm. can, she can reach. So I think making sure a couple of things, which you're probably doing, and, and that is yeah. really, really good flea control. Yes. Um, do you bath, bath the cats? No, we don't. 
but I was just like, we've got a cat cage out the back, and it's made out of mesh, and she's more of a um, like outgoing cat, and she tends to climb it, and we thought maybe that could irritate. Mm. I, I, we're not sure. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be too excited about that one. Um, mm-hmm. But you probably find you need to go to the vet with her and and get her checked out to make sure that there there's no medical cause. Um, yeah. There are some hormonal disorders that can cause hair loss, but usually they don't. The patterns are a bit different. So um, either way, it's it's worth a visit to your vet to okay. find out what's going on because there may be an actual medical condition and including allergies, as I said. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that you can actually get treatment for. All right. Well, thank you so much. No worries. Some great advice there for you, Tina and Steve, before that. And Dr. David, how are you holding up? You've got the water there. You've got the eucalyptus drops. <laughs> Not far to go, mate. Another Sorry. 20 minutes. Can we do this by email? We, uh, well, well we, we can't really. We can't okay. really. You have right. a lie down and we'll just have a chat to show off for the we'll next 10 right. minutes. How about okay. that? 4921 If you'd like to have a chat to the gang with Pet Chat, if you've got some problems, uh, well, Dave's got some problems at the moment. The poor guy. You should see this guy. He's, he's coming today. He's coming today. He looks like death warmed up, but he's here uh, answering your questions on 4921 I, I look better than that. Well, he's trying to sound sexy. Yeah, he's, I think that he's bringing it back, isn't yeah, he? He said, "I sound sexy. I don't look sexy." <laughs> <laughs> Lindy from Blacksmiths. Lindy, you've got a question about your German Shepherd for Pet Chat today. Uh, yes, I do. Um, I've got a German Shepherd. She's three next month, and um, she has lots of allergies plus ear problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's um, you know, it, she's got allergies to grass and everything. And we live at the beach and on the beach all the time and. We've also got the yard that's very big and she's forever chewing and scratching her feet, her ears, her bottom area and um, she loses hair, not a lot, clumps of hair but just lots of molting hair and Mm -hmm. she's got lots of different allergies so I was wondering what I could do with her, like can I give her an allergy like a person takes, like a Zyrtec or something, Is is she able to take anything like that or... So... How did how did you find out about the allergies? Uh, through the vets. We're good friends with the vets. Well, I've never been to the vets as much with an animal in my life as I have with her. Oh, German shepherds, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she's had blood tests. Is that right? Um, younger when she was younger. Yeah, for the for the allergies. Um, the the reason I ask is that there's two different ways to determine the um, the nature of the allergies, and oftentimes. The, be- the best picture that you get is when you get both methods uh, put together. So right. one, one is a blood test and the other one is a skin test where they actually inject under the skin a very small particle of the, um, whether it's a grass or some pollens or seeds or something uh, yeah. that are purified. And then the the, and usually this is done by... Um, a veterinary dermatologist specialist uh, then they assess the response and then that determines with the blood test exactly the pattern of what the um, your dog is allergic to and then from that you can actually get get a, an allergy vaccine made up okay and and it's the same as what happens in people who are being desensitized so you get these uh, injections that are given or oftentimes people do it at home um, and it could be once a week I think it just varies 
and, and so you, you actually give your dog this a very small injection over time and it builds up and builds up and builds up and so they actually develop tolerance to the uh, various things that they're allergic to because it's always more than one thing. It's not, it's not that there's just one thing that they're allergic to. It's always, you know, there's multiple grasses yes. and trees and so on. And birds. She's and, only on um, chicken breasts and, um, and black hawk as well. That's all I can give her as way as food goes. I give her beef or that she starts scratching and getting yeah. very irritable. So you very often find that combining um, the allergy vaccine, dietary control, and then using things like um, antihistamines that you were asking about... Yeah is the way to go because at this stage she's three years old yes and you know what what are we going to be doing in five ten years time so that's probably why you need to get on to this early the other problem that happens with dogs with allergies is that they change over time oh okay so there'll be new grasses that she gets exposed to and new pollens and you know different seasons and um, so you might find that you get control of it for one or three seasons, and right? Then, and then it, and then it starts to their allergy starts to drift, and it, and okay. they start getting itchy again. And you think, well, what's going on? And that's just because the body is is um, reacting to all of these new pollens and so on. So okay. so you can use antihistamines. Um, the problem is that there's no one antihistamine that is pe uh, the best. Right. It really depends on on the pet, and all of them are um, not registered. Oh, there are some products that are registered for dogs, but they're a prescription product, so you'd have to discuss with your vet what the best one to use, and very often what we do is we would say start on this antihistamine and then might do it for two weeks and then try a different one um, okay just to find the one that works best yeah well i've done everything humanly possible for her like her um every day we come over the beach we wash her paws we dry them yep that's we, good um we do our ears three to four times a week yeah, um, it's a lot of work isn't it yeah and i have yep. to flush them at least once a week so she doesn't like that i don't like that because it, she upsets her the flushing. Yeah, it's worth ha worth having a chat about the allergy vaccines because, look, it's a it's a little bit more expense um, mm -hmm. up front, but if it's going if it's going to reduce the you know the amount of care that's required long term, yeah, then it's well worth it. Okay, thank so, you very much for that. No worries. Right. Thank you very Thank much, you. Lindy. Hopefully we've got some great advice there for you. Now, you may recall, uh, guys, a little earlier on, Steve from Shortland rang up with the problem with the barking dogs across the fence. Mm. We have a different Steve. This time, Steve from Barnsley. You may have an answer for the barking dogs. G'day. G'day, Steve. How are you? Yeah, good. Mate, uh, it's quite a few years ago now where I moved to um, my dog... When I was not home, she would then take over leadership. I was the boss, then her. Right. And she would bark at the neighbour who was retired when he was walking up the yard. He did actually ask. He was a good neighbour. He said, oh, can I give her some, just feed her? Like, you know, not bad stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. 
when he started that, she didn't bark at him again. Oh. She, and she, she discovered that he was a friend. He's a good bloke. Yeah. So when I hear him, and I used to just be at the, my back door, and I knew where he was in his yard. I couldn't see him, but she would follow and be looking up. Wait, waiting for a treat. Yeah. Waiting. Yeah. And um, may, a, a, a cheaper alternative for Steve at Shortland is maybe instead of spending a lot of money on all these things, just buy some frankfurts or something and break one in half when he's in the yard and chuck it over the fence. Well, there you go. That, um, that mace, you know, come... And come. They'll, they'll, they'll... Well, what I found with her, and she was... Oh, she was a working dog yeah. and wanted to guard. And from, from then on, um, she didn't bark at him. Well, that, so might, there, that come, might be another option. Yeah, come bearing gifts. Because that would work for me. Like, if, if I was upset <laughs> with either of you guys and you bought me some nice food, that would be it. Game a, over. I'm a your dog, friend. dog treat. Well, maybe not a dog treat. Chocolates. Chocolates is, is nice. Right, you get chocolates this morning? I did. Yeah, but don't give I chocolates to your dogs. No, okay. no, no. That's the thing. You cannot give chocolate. You can give chocolate to Mark. But. Yeah. Now, what is it in the chocolate that dogs, that goes funny with them with? Uh, it's a compound called theobromine. Okay. And yeah, what and happens? Stimulates um, uh, the muscles, the nerves, the heart. It's uh, very, very dangerous. So as well as not being good for us, it's not good for the dogs as well? Well, you know, it gives you that little buzz. But it with does. dogs, it gives them a really big buzz. Oh, and we Too much. You would not want that for the dogs over uh, the fence that are causing problems. But there's, there's an idea, isn't it, from yeah. Steve to say, you know, maybe... One one of the ideas is mm. see if the dogs respond to a food treat. Yeah, it, it can go either way. I'm a, I'll be cautious. You're a, you're a little on the fence, so as to speak. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> over the fence, on the fence. Speaking of dogs, show we've got a pet of the week this week. Now, this this little fellow looks very, very, looks oh, very adoptable, doesn't he? His Gus got a beautiful face. His name's Chili. He's one year old, and he's a Kelpie cross Staffy. Honestly, his smile is beautiful. You need to get on the page and have a look at this. It's, it's quite a cute dog. His favourite things to do are to snuggle on the couch. He loves his tummy rubs. He loves playing with other dogs and he enjoys going to the beach. He plays well with other dogs at the beach and at the park and he wants to meet everybody that's there. He has learned a lot of basic commands and he has excellent recall. Well, that's going to help at the beach, isn't it? Uh, he is also cat friendly and he's great with chickens. So, you know, a lot of people keep chickens and dogs don't often get on together. It's funny you say that because my, uh, my family have gone away. My brother and co have gone away and I've got to feed their dog and their chickens. And they, they thought it would be a great idea to get some chickens in the backyard. And, of course, now the dog doesn't like them. So, yeah. Well, some working mm. dogs really don't no, like the chickens. but this one does. He does. So mm. he's going to be a great pet for somebody. Um, he loves sitting on the lounge and he's going to make you feel um, very loved and very safe. So if you want more information, contact Sharon on 0423 and you can have a look at his profile on www.dogrescuenewcastle.com.au and fees do apply but he's a lovely looking dog really is and uh, all that earlier stuff it almost sounds like a dating profile with the likes the beach <laughs> likes this likes that <laughs> but no it is our pet of the week so thank you Cheryl for doing a great job with that my pleasure and for bringing us the uh, ferret information a little yeah. earlier in the hour too somebody might like to get a ferret 
Mm, or two. Or, or three. Mm. Mm. And uh, Dave, thank you for making your effort to come in here. You've, you've done well considering you're not feeling 100%. No worries. Today. We'll keep battling on. <laughs> keep battling <laughs> on. Right. And, of course, this was the week that we got hundreds of phone calls and you had to do all of your uh, thinking and talking. We, we've been busier. Oh, well, that is, that's, good. that's a fair call. That is Pet Chat for another week. You can catch the podcast a little later today at 2NURFM.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.